swords with candle art to spark souls and charge tolls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elder scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue keeps the exit gamer news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and also scoop on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. AMC, what's up, man? Been good, A dub, been good. Same old, same old. I mean, every week is about the same, but at least uh, the skies are blue now, or at least seemingly blue. So, um, seemingly blue, but if you look off in any given direction, it's. <laughs> like still smoky so yeah. <laughs> i think it's like maybe our eyes are adjusting being in the belly of the beast for so long it yeah well, if it's, st- <laughs> it's, it's still really yellow outside but <laughs> i just see blue now <laughs> that would be crazy like, but by and large the the sky is blue but it's like a, a like a dingy blue that, that dirty dingy blue <laughs> yeah like you wore your stonewashed jeans for four days straight yeah exactly <laughs> Other than that, same old, same old. Watched a little UFC last night. There you um, go. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Adesanya is, he's basically the new Anderson Silva. He just puts dudes in the Matrix and they do not know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you watch his opponents just see, like you can see them just start crossing off things on their fight plan. Like that's not going to work. Shit, well, that's not going to work. Wow. What do, well, what do I do now? And then it gets to the point where his opponents then just start turtle shelling and he just beats them into submission and it's over. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I watched uh, Mary Poppins returns and that was the shit. So that's, that's all you really? need to know. No, is that a, I wouldn't is, say it's the shit, but it was good. Is that Emily Blunt? Emily Blunt, Lynn, Lynn Manuel. Oh, uh, damn. Yeah. Miranda. That probably is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I love Emily Blunt. Lynn Manuel is undisputed, like one of the greatest talents of our generation. He's a he's a rap guy that also works on plays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way it should be. Yeah. Like the arts. It, uh, that's all it is. It's just the arts. Like hip hop is just dudes writing poetry. Yeah. I mean there's even a part where he is basically rapping and he is just dropping knowledge on the king of like a story that he's telling. So he has like a way of like he like he just recognized rap is a perfect way of telling a story, and then why not just put that into now like art? <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. Uh, how about you, A Dub? How you been? Uh, not too bad. You know, messed up my calf on this journey of weight loss and not letting the quarantine make me big again. So, you know, overdoing it. 
I, I felt something I should have just not pushed any further, but I tried to put in the necessary minutes ended up like really tweaking something, but it's mostly better now. So I imagine I should be able to get back to work on that. Other than that, just working, man. Got to clean out this, got to clean out this office so they can move us. <laughs> oh, they're moving. Like your, your place is like changing things up. Or they're moving the department. Uh, okay. Yeah, ours, uh, we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> when I left, they were doing construction on the bathroom. And for all I know, those bathrooms are either done or they just never went back to them because they're like, well, this floor is not needed anymore. I really oh, have wow. no idea. But they just they just basically ordered us our second monitors, which is a way of saying get comfortable. <laughs> They 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 had ordered us one monitor, and then they're like, you know what? We're thinking about it. Y'all need two monitors. <laughs> Once I get that, well, I'm I'm looking for the chair though. I want the chair because my the the current office chair that I'm using is not getting the job done. It's it's just falling apart. They getting you new chairs? Yeah, they better be. I'm gonna call up HR and get the they they send over the ergonomics specialist <laughs> to the house. <laughs> <laughs> See now your your bed should probably be over here and facing north. <laughs> oh, you took you talking about feng shui. Yeah, feng shui and organize. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, hey, Deb, what have you been playing? Well, this was the week I've been waiting for all year long. It is the week where Rebel Galaxy Outlaw finally came out. <laughs> On PS4, anyway. It's been out since August of 2019 on PC. However, I needed my piece in my ecosystem. Finally got it. Immediately fell in love. It, it's, you know, you look at the videos online and then you get something in your hands and it just comes to life. Like, uh, it's, it has a very informative and brief flight tutorial that you can access at any time from the main menu. So I did that first. It got me acquainted with the feel of the game, the movement, you know, the, the sounds, the interactions, what I can do, how I can switch things around. So it was a lot of information, but it was a very digestible format. I commend Double Damage for that. Five-person team, and they're, they're very cordial on their Discord channel. So Double Damage is one of A-Dub's most approved developers. We're working on the name. It sounds pretty boring, but anyway. So the 505. <laughs> Remedy got taken off of that list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, then finally got into the game. They start you off with the little, the lowest possible ship. You know, that's just how these games go. And it, you start the game in your ship, and then you end up crash landing and they find a way to give you like, oh yeah, I got a ship for you, but it's like a junk ship. <laughs> so started with that was like, you know, getting the feel of the game, understanding things, doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of missions within the sector of the galaxy I was in, building up my money, building up that ship to at least make it formidable as I'm learning how best to operate it in these situations. Get to the first mission. I finally get my ship upgraded to the point where I can I can take in stuff. I can go to the jump gates and jump between sectors. And yeah, just basic things that you're supposed to have. So I start jumping. It's a few sectors away. So I got to like jump, 
and then get to the next beacon, jump, get to the next beacon, jump, do that. I get probably two sectors away from my destination and I'm just getting torn to shreds by the enemies that are in this sector. So backed it up, spent hours just in like the early sectors and built myself up, got my currency, you know, put a, put weapons, got my, got my missile launcher, got the best shields, got the best, like, the best hull upgrade, anything I can to increase my survivability and my, my overall firepower. So I got all that. Go out. Finally able to jump a little bit further. I decide, you know what? I'm just going to grind until I can get the ship I want, which I did. Boom. Chilling. Like, first I got the... There's a, a beginner fighter, and the benefit of that is that it has twice as many hubs for weapons throw those on immediately more deadly more maneuverable faster so it's helping out a lot then i get the ship i want which allows me to get even better shields even better power plant in just six weapon ports i'm cutting through things like a world war ii pilot it's nuts man it, overall i'm greatly enjoying the game i finally beat that first mission i have two more missions in front of me i'm i'm getting totally at home with the controls like i'm disengaging the the inertia dampers and sliding one way but shooting a, a completely different way it's looking like an ace pilot they have something they have at least like a hundred songs on this game they have like half a dozen radio stations so you know you can pick the music that best suits the mood. They have classical, they have Latin, they have country. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite is the jazz channel because that immediately turns the game into cowboy bebop instantaneously. So that's always going to be a soft spot for me. Overall, like the visuals are outstanding. It's a significant improvement over the original Rebel Galaxy, which was it took place in open space, but it functioned more of a 2D kind of kind of like battleship type of game along the lines of a like any kind of boat fighting game like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, where you would you would line the enemies up with the, the sides of your ship and you would just blast at them with your various weapons. Was that that was Rebel Galaxy? Yeah, I feel like that's how it worked. It was more two D. Now it's completely three D. So you have all three axes. You're having dogfights. There's more enemies on screen. It's just lights and sound and chaos. You're getting hit from all angles, but your shields are holding up, so you're good. You you switching the firing modes on your on your weapons, you're scanning the area for enemies, you're calling in backup, you're interacting with NPCs in given areas, there's random encounters all over the map, dropping loot, <laughs> <laughs> and coming back to the station to sell. It's There's so much going on within the gameplay loop, and it's it all blends so well together. The production quality is there, the presentation is there. Like Each ship has its own unique heads up display so when you get in a different ship you get in a different ship like it, they have their different cockpits you can play the game in first person or third person uh i mostly play in third however i did the the flight tutorial 
in first person. And again, got to take my hat off to double damage. They, they made first person feel right. Like you're in the cockpit, you see the character's hand reaching up and affecting switches as you're doing things on your controller. So whenever you switch like firing modes or things like that, just it helps bring the scene to life. The controls, I don't think the controls could be laid out any better. Like I'm able to do everything that comes to mind fluidly and intuitively in the moment. So I'm just twisting my ship all throughout space, chasing enemies, lining it up, like leading my shots, hitting them in the distance, getting on a radio call, calling a homie in, like looking at the map, changing radio stations, <laughs> switching weapons, switching like my power distribution. <laughs> it, it's such a good time. Like I stayed up till 4 a.m. last night playing, put on a very decent stream. So go on to twitch.tv slash control issues pod to check that out. That was some of the best gameplay I've had in the game thus far. It was right at the moment where I got the ship I wanted. So you can check that out. However, I'm I'm done rambling on about this game, which I love deeply. And that sounds it sounds absolutely <laughs> amazing. Like uh, just the, like it sounds like a space RPG, but like centered around space, like uh, yeah, space combat. Yeah, it's <laughs> like they took they took the Rebel Galaxy formula, they improved it, and they also made the the gameplay closer to something of an Everspace, mm-hmm. which is a perfect fit. So it's, I'm playing it. I'm thinking like, this is like Everspace a little bit. Is <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just having fond memories of both games. They're the sound effects and the general approach to it is very rebel galaxy. And they did well to preserve that, that original feeling. But at the same time, they, they improved it while changing it significantly. So yeah, I had asked it's, you it's about awesome. it. I had asked you about it earlier, but it was funny. Like, I look up this game, like, after you're like, I, you picked it up. So I was like, oh, let's see what people are talking about. And I found, like, it's subreddit and all the posts are. So I was playing, I was playing eight ball. <laughs> like, everybody's just talking about playing pool. And I was like, loving that, that a mini game is like, like, captured the minds of like the community of like Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. <laughs> yeah, at some point, I'm going to partake in that. It's like different, different stations have different stuff. or I should say some stations have more stuff than others do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that also helps bring the feel of the space stations to life as well. It's like, "Ah, I could go there, but they don't have pool. I'm going to jump a couple more sectors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. It's like each sector in itself is huge. Like it's a big, I didn't look at, I didn't look at all the numbers and letters, but it's like the entire alphabet and one through 20. So like, I don't know, 500 square units, something like that. And on most of the units in a given sector, there's something of interest there. And you'll yeah. just, you'll, you'll come across it while doing side missions. You'll come across it while, while doing light speed jumps between points or sublight jumps between points. It's like even even on that, like before in the original Rebel Galaxy, you would do a sublight jump and you would have to do that to get around everywhere in a sector. In this one, you still have that if you want to do it. However, you also have the option to just hold down X and like skip the 
the travel aspect of it, it still generates random encounters and distress signals that'll interrupt your your fast travel, but you don't have to sit there and actually cover the distance at sublight speed. Mm. It's like you you'll see in the stream. I do a lot of the the instantaneous travel, but when something's relatively close, I'll just do a sublight jump. Okay, yeah, I gotta see how that looks. It's like I'm used to it, obviously, in No Man's Sky, but that's the one that I'm used to now, <laughs> where it's like the, the countdown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's like well, there's there's two in the game. There's the sublight jump, which is just to quickly get between two points within a sector, and then there's the then there's like the big hyperspace jump or whatever that you can only do at a gate and that's to get between sectors you can't physically traverse the space between two sectors yeah damn that's dope and there's several sectors <laughs> they all have their their different proclivities and contents and, and situations it's it's great yeah it sounds awesome yeah i can't wait to i'll check it out i was looking for it um but you hadn't recorded yet at that point yeah, I got you <laughs> but amc what have you been playing amc has been playing that ghost of tsushima oh yes that ghost of tsushima um yeah put in some work this weekend and the right kind of worked i had discussed last week that i hit a point where i was just kind of getting over doing a lot of the um the side content not to be confused with side quests i'm very much enjoying those but you know like mainly getting the shrines not even the fox shrines just like the uh the more platform puzzle shrines um, those are fun yeah and so what i decided was i was going to cut back on those to focus mainly on story stuff to like kind of start pushing the narrative um and so with that i got a huge like push this week uh, mainly this weekend where i pushed through the end of act two and then uh, the beginning of Act 3 is where I'm at right now. And so just a, a ton of stuff happened. I won't get into any hardcore spoilery details, but man, just the way Act 2 ends. It's pretty, 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 pretty insane. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that's going on. I mean, between some of the choices by Jin and then some of the things that happen with the con, <laughs> it's just like, geez, like, it's... uh everybody's playing no games and when you got two people that are playing no games like things happen that are very dramatic and get very drastic uh, really quickly and so i it was like a just non-stop action once i started doing that and it was great i came across like one of my favorite um i guess side quests if you will in that in the storyline of yoriko the uh the older woman mm -hmm. that was uh oh yeah you're like your your nanny. Your yeah, nanny, yeah. Your Nona. <laughs> your Nona. Your, there's a point where I'm pretty sure your Nona wanted a piece, but uh, oh yeah, I felt that the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it was mad tension between us. <laughs> I just loved it, and, uh, yeah. But that was is a very beautiful story um, that they told with her, and um, and w through that, like really learning about like your family and like the lineage and all that stuff and everything that came before you um with the character's main father mainly but yeah that was just a, a very beautiful story um very beautiful character and that was easily one of my favorite parts of the game and yeah you know i just picked up some some new armor sets so um nice. loving the uh i've been rocking the sakai armor 
mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with with those benefits that come with it. Um, I'm liking the the, the ghost stuff, um, but I, I didn't I didn't stick with the uh, you know the, the outfit. But um, yeah, the game is shit. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying it, especially now that I'm pushing forward. Uh, yeah, um, I, don't, I I remember you had mentioned that when you got to Act Three, it was um, shorter than the other acts, the previous acts, mm-hmm. and I can even tell by like the map, like because it, it looks like a lot huge, a lot bigger when I looked at it from a distance. But then once I got there, I was like, oh yeah, this does seem a little bit like smaller. This region ain't um, shit. <laughs> yeah, so which will be nice because hopefully that means I can push through the end of the game. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying what I have and just uh, it's I'm narratively. I'm enjoying some of the choices that they're that they're going with because I was definitely on my high horse with the like yeah I know what I'm doing like like right alongside Jit like I know what I'm doing like fuck everybody like I got this I got this back off Shimura you're not my dad <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, that's right feel yeah. the passion of this game yeah and like you're with him and then I do like how things are things kind of turn and you see like kind of like maybe the uh the faults of um that kind of uh, arrogance uh, when you go from confidence to arrogance and so yeah it's uh it's telling a really great story and i will say um one thing this game does really well uh especially with like the end of the acts are like some of these moments where it's like like the battles that ensue where it's just like just a huge battlefield and things get crazy. Like I'm really enjoying those pieces of the game. Like they, you can go from having just a duel one-on-one to then being surrounded by like two sides of the army while you're in a big duel with a big, bad boss. Like I, I, I love that like a uh, transition and like the different uh, encounters within the game. Um, so yeah, uh, looking forward to putting this down, but Ghost of Tsushima, still the shit, still loving it. But a dub Let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the week. Oh man, A Dub. So this is uh this has been a beautiful time. I- I'll say, like we went from what was it, uh, Xbox announcing the Series S, and then getting the prices for the Series X, then moving on to PlayStation announcing the prices of the uh, the disc and the discless console, the all digital <laughs> console. That standard in that ditch. Yeah, getting all the announcements that came along with that, with the uh, was it the the collection that like they were going to be providing on the PS5 for people to play some mm-hmm. of their legacy games for free with online with PS Plus. God of War. Yeah. And the last uh, of us. <laughs> and then like even just some of the announcements of games that were coming to Sony and like some of the things to look forward to down the line with Final Fantasy 16. Um, and then, yeah, like, and this week, like, when you think things are going to kind of quiet down, all right, we got our announcements. Uh, we got, what, we got the holiday season set up. This is all we need to know. We got... Now we, we wait. Yeah, now we wait. We got Halo Infinite on the way. We got, was it Godfall, that God body, Spider-Man Miles Morales on the way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just set up. And then on Monday, just one of the biggest... Like just earth-shattering announcements just comes out of nowhere. Just that overhand right when like you were just not expecting it. You didn't see it coming. You saw the faint, but you didn't see the other fist following behind. The Earth got hit by another announcement. And this coming yeah. by way of Microsoft. Yes. Um, so yeah, Microsoft announced that they had acquired Bethesda, but not just Bethesda, they'd acquired ZeniMax Media. <laughs> 
they got all of Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, so um, here we go. Here's the announcement. Microsoft Xbox team significantly expanded its list of game development studios on Monday, announcing the purchase of ZeniMax Media for $7.5 billion in cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Um, with that, this coming... So this is all announced by Phil Spencer. So with that, he added bethesda is an incredible incredibly talented group of 2300 people worldwide who make up some of the most accomplished creative studios in our industry across bethesda softworks bethesda game studios id software zinimax online studios arcane machine games tango gameworks alpha dog not to be confused with Nada. And Roundhouse Studios. <laughs> um, these are teams responsible for franchises like Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Wolfenstein, Doom, Dishonored, Prey, Quake, Starfield, and many more. So this is just the this is just the first announcement. So A Dub, uh, where so what are you thinking when you first see this announcement on Monday when you're you show you're at work, you pull it up to the office, uh, crawled out of bed. <laughs> And you and you look at the headlines. I was just like, nah, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> hey, yeah, read the article. It was official. It was just like, wow, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, because it's like it's all sinking in. Because the big headline immediately when it was first announced was Microsoft acquires Bethesda, and so you just see that and you think, okay, Microsoft acquired Skyrim and Fallout. Yeah. And then once you realize that it's ZeniMax, and you're like. Oh, wait, 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 wait. these are like everything that Bethesda publishes on top of that too. So every studio connected <laughs> to ZeniMax is also going with them over to Microsoft. Microsoft straight bought a publisher in all its studios. <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, immediately that's just like, so, okay, what does this mean for you, Adob, uh, that, that acquisition? Like, what is, what is this setting up? Well, I mean, if the last week of, of like news and discussion is any indicator, we could be seeing games like Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six, even the next Fallout, just exclusive to Microsoft's platform, PC, Game Pass. I mean, in the in the short term, yeah, like those games are definitely gonna be on Game Pass. I think Doom Eternal went into Game Pass, like not but a day or two ago. It's uh, it'll be there October first. There we go. Because I didn't read anything; I just knew it was going. <laughs> but yeah, it was like almost like right after this announcement, shortly after it was announced, and Doom Eternal will be coming to Game Pass within a few days. <laughs> exactly. So then that's going to be all the Fallout's. Then it's going to be the Elder Scrolls's. Then it's going to be the Dishonored's, and <laughs> just the list goes on. The man, yeah, it's a it's a big deal, and like. We, as much as we know, we still don't know enough. Like, there's a lot of supplemental stories that came out over the week, and right now, the only thing on people's minds is, will I still be able to play at least Starfield on something other than an Xbox or a PC? Yeah, exactly. So, as of right now, the only announcement that I've seen is uh, Jason Schreier, he had reported that um, Bethesda or Microsoft basically said that they will honor the time exclusivity of Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo on PlayStation. So um, 
these are the only ones that we know so far that they will definitely be honoring as far as the uh, multi-platform, or at least the exclusivity, and we'll see how multi-platform works from here on out. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. So, I mean, to set to jump back in, like, what does it say? Like, big picture, uh, you look at Microsoft and what they're trying to push, and what everybody's been saying is that it's all about, like, yes, like people want to discuss like the consoles and yada yada, but for Microsoft, it's all about selling a service right now, and that service is Game Pass, and so they need to do everything, and it has been a long build for game pass. Like they're building it up when people are like, wait, why, why does Microsoft keep talking about this game pass thing? All right. It's kind of cool. Like it's not streaming. You can actually download the game. So we're not worried about that anymore. Um, But yeah, like, I mean, it's got a, it's got a lot of games, but these games are third party games that you can get on any console. So why do they keep discussing it? And then slowly you see Microsoft just building up their list of studios, which I do have on hand. And, um, so actually, you know, we'll just run through that really quick. So pre-acquisition, this is what Microsoft had amassed for Game Pass. Uh, 343 Studios for Halo, Compulsion Games, We Happy Few, Double Fine Productions, Psychonauts, Grim Fandango, Broken Age, uh, In Exile Entertainment, that's Wasteland, Bard's Tale, Mojang, <laughs> um, Minecraft, uh, Ninja Theory, Devil May Cry, Hellblade, uh, Suana's Sacrifice, um, Obsidian Games, Playground Games, Rare, Sea of Thieves, uh, The Coalition, Gears, Gear Wars, uh, Turn 10 Studios, Forza Motorsport, Undead Labs, State of K, World, World's Edge, Age of Empires. And so now with that, with ZeniMax, they've added id Softwares, um, Machine Games, Roundhouse Studios. Yeah, I went through that entire list. Um, and so, yeah, you just see that if they're pushing right now, like you just look at the nature of... Um, the way certain things are and you look at how subscription services go uh, with Netflix, the streaming services, it's all about content. It's just, you look at Netflix, HBO max, Hulu, um, and their goal is to put out as much content as possible. You might not actually watch half, even 90% of it, but it's about having as much content on there as possible. And with that, um, you want to also be able to trickle in as much new content as possible. Like we saw with Netflix, they had all these um, deals like for Friends and was it South Park, but then they're not, it's not content that was created by Netflix, which means that they're always paying, paying this licensing fee. Um, and also at some point that licensing contract comes up and they can choose to renew it or somebody else can step in and then you see something like HBO Max step in and then take friends away from Netflix. So now people who have Netflix can no longer watch friends. And so certain things like they that. They can renegotiate that license fee, which is what happened, I think, with Disney or one of the other content companies that was uh, working with Netflix is that when that renegotiation came up, they just tripled the price or something like that. It just jacked it way up. Yeah. And then you see Disney come out with Disney plus and say, you know what, uh, actually we're going to try to get back all that content. And so you'll even see like certain things on like Mary Poppins it's on Disney plus. Well, it's, it's there as an advertisement that Disney plus will have Mary Poppins by next year but Netflix is still still holds on to the rights of Mary Poppins. And so, yeah, you see just certain things pop up. And so you want to be able to not only have access to third-party games, which Game Pass had, obviously, but you also need uh, first-party content coming that way. And so now by 
acquiring so many studios, it's almost a guarantee that there will always be content. And it's even interesting to see, um, to speculate on how Microsoft treats this because if it's all about getting stuff out like uh, as often as possible, you could see them doing like an in-between thing where, uh, so there was a report that they were going to treat Bethesda as kind of like a semi-independent studio. So they're going to be able to still make their kind of games. But I, I could also see like, Microsoft looking at certain studios like Double Fine and being like, we don't need huge AAA games from you. We actually need you to put out like games that maybe have a short, that are shorter form content, but you people can get more often. So like maybe put them on like I don't know, like a four year or three year production cycle for games. So that they're having each of these studios work on maybe smaller games, while then having a few work on their bigger games that will then entice people for like those big single player experiences. And so it's it it seems like they're just getting a bigger or a wider blend of the type of games that they can then put out to then pull in a bigger community of uh, gamers. So they're just trying to hit every space possible, and it definitely helps to pull in a studio like Bethesda, which is known for doing, uh, not Bethesda studio, but, you know, publisher wise, um, Mm -hmm. which is known for doing so many different style of games. And as you've discussed, as we've discussed, like outside of this, in the pre-show, just having that, I guess that collection of minds now all together to then uh, possibly like then work on other things, like maybe getting some dudes from machine games to help out on a halo, a halo uh, mechanic or getting, as we've seen uh, people tweeting at a, what is it? Obsidian saying like, well, now that you're back with uh, working alongside Bethesda again, what's up with that next new Vegas. So there's a possibility (laughs) of things like that even coming down the line. So it just, I guess when they have, when you have in exile obsidian and Bethesda under the same roof, it's, it's no longer separate companies like vying for, their own percentage of the market or trying to satisfy their own fans. It's like now you have all the creative minds that took part of the best portions of that IP. And now you can make something modern with a proper respect and input from the creators. So, you know, Obsidian, you got Fergus Urquhart there. He worked on the original Fallout. Fallout is like inspired by Wasteland. So to have the Wasteland guys, (laughs) the guy who worked on the original Fallouts and the guy who's currently running Fallout as it has come to be, something special is going to come out of that. And I think that's probably going to be the big thing that's going to like really solidify this acquisition in the gaming world because it'll be indicative of it could be indicative of what could be possible when an acquisition of this of this type and this magnitude is made. So who knows? But ultimately, there are some things to look forward to here. And hopefully we get some information about what's going to become of Bethesda's flagship franchises. Are they going to be strapped to that Xbox paywall? Or are they going to be free and pro-consumer? because <laughs> we got people wondering those questions yes sir so yeah today's trolls are coming sideways at this acquisition that microsoft made 
for ZeniMax Media, including the banner of Bethesda. First show says, I guess PlayStation has to buy Rockstar next. <laughs> so that's the big thing that emerged from this whole acquisition is people are treating it as if it's some tit for tat like shouting match between the two companies like what how sony gonna respond who's sony gonna buy next it's like sony doesn't really have to buy anybody else and it's two different philosophies that are going on display there like it's sony generally acquire studios that they've had a close working relationship with studios that have worked with them on exclusives and have you know either become something greater than what they were along the course of that evolution but also like just reaching a height of success that's like yeah now you can now you can come in now you found yourself <laughs> let's do this together whereas microsoft is just like you make cool stuff. You make it for us now. <laughs> you just come in, just bully the situation. Well, it's um, it's interesting too. It's also it's how do you define success? Because uh, if you look at just um, I don't know, like big media headlines and setting records for like uh, releases of games, like yeah, like you would look at the Sony exclusives and just see how like just this generation alone, just all the huge Sony exclusives that were constantly uh, controlling a lot of the conversation. But then you look at a game like Sea of Thieves where it comes out and it's it kind of has the reaction that most, uh, I guess, MMO, massive multiplayer online games get at launches. Like, yeah, there's something going on here, but like... Um, you have but to I don't wait. care to figure it out. <laughs> or like, you have to wait and see. And then like, you, a year later, you hear like thirty million players of Sea of Thieves like uh, currently playing uh, right now, and it's like so. Like, how do you define that success then? Because like, is it about the big splash or is it about just building games that have cult followings? And so you could see like, it's when they say the the whole console war thing is dead. It's because these two companies have decided to define success completely differently. For Microsoft, it's how many new subscribers can we get? And then with that, can we make that experience available in as many places as possible? And whereas like Sony, you look at it, it's how many people can we get to buy our console? And then with that, they, and then can we get them to then buy our, our PlayStation exclusives? And that's like how they look at that. And so it's, you're looking at two totally different philosophies. And that's why I was saying like, it's what like would be interesting is if Microsoft looks at like acquiring all these studios and it's not necessarily how can we get as many huge AAA experiences as possible, which is, or instead they break that up into something like Halo where it's, we're going to put out a game and then we're going to keep adding to it. Like how they said that this Halo is, they don't plan on just releasing a bunch of Fallout sequels to Halo Infinite. They plan to just keep adding to Halo Infinite. And so you could see if they take that philosophy for other games moving forward, it's creating these games that are either shorter experiences or something that they can just continually update throughout the entire console generation and just make bigger and better. Um, and so, yeah, like uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, I guess, the consumers react to that. Interesting. Well, let's see how these consumers react. Next troll says, Sony fanboys deserve this after years of railing on Microsoft for a lack of exclusives. Uh, fair enough. 
Mextro says PS5 pre-order canceled. <laughs> you really got to get that doom, huh? Get that doom on your Game Pass. Microsoft was making power moves while Sony was playing checkers with these timed exclusives. I was going to say another thing that I would add to is that, um, yeah, with the announcement of what is it like, um, is it Godfall is going to be 70? Oh, well, not Godfall. Uh, Demon's, Demon's Souls, Demon Souls is yeah. going to be 70 bucks. And just the idea of that games are getting more expensive, yada, 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 the value. This is another case for Game Pass because now you have even more studios putting out games on it and you're going to be, and Phil Spencer already said, now these Bethesda games, they will be available day one on Game Pass as they hit store shelves. Yeah. So it's it just increases the value of whatever you're paying monthly on Game Pass for uh, the type of games that you can at least expect coming to it moving forward. But yeah, keep going with these trolls. That's the games now in 20 Terrajanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. Next show says Fallout 76, Youngblood. Woo! <laughs> oh, man. Of course, pointing out like the two least popular games from the entire portfolio of Bethesda offerings. So I don't really know. I, you can only pull two. Let's think about that for a second. There's, I, I can name two games in any of their franchises that are well received. What Oblivion, Skyrim, hell, the Storm of Morrowind in there. Uh, let's see, Fallout Three, Fallout Four. Let's see, uh, Dishonored One, Dishonored Two. Let's see, Doom, Doom Eternal. Let's see, uh, <laughs> you know how it is. Nestro yeah, says so many games, <laughs> but. Two games that they put out. That's the problem. Uh, will this finally get Todd Howard to get a new engine? Todd Coward? <laughs> well, I mean, it maybe it did because there was some news that broke earlier this week from Todd Howard mentioning that for Starfield, they are completely rewriting their game engine. So hopefully that pleases some people. Yeah, I, I, we saw with um, what is it, Hideo Kojima and he basically was like they. He signs that deal to make uh, to make games with Sony, and then he's just like, "All right, I need an engine." Well, Gorilla Studios they have an engine, <laughs> and then so he uses that, and then he makes uh, Death Stranding. It's so yeah. like you, you see that that synergy between the different teams, and it just adds to the potential. Yes. Next show says, "Why would you buy Bethesda for seven point five billion? Laughing my ass off." They don't even make good games anymore. They're just good at publishing games from Arcane or Ed Software, which are actually good studios. So, so then, <laughs> so then they paid seven point five billion dollars, and they got it in Arcane. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as well as everything else that comes with Bethesda's public or Zenimax, excuse me. And people like just forget how big Skyrim was, like when it came out, and then just the fact that it's so big that it's still getting ported on any and everything possible. Any system that will have it, that it will, will take be it. on. <laughs> uh, and when you sell over thirty million copies, that's what happens. Yeah, we'll see if they can still do that with Microsoft. Next show says maybe Bethesda's developers will finally learn that three D character design and textures have evolved since two thousand six. <laughs> <laughs> like dude everything has evolved since 2006 
Except you. Except except for your opinions. (laughs) Next troll says, maybe, but that still will be less scummy now and use a new engine. I haven't really cared for anything after Skyrim. (laughs) The only thing that came out after Skyrim was Fallout 4, so you didn't care for Fallout 4. (laughs) Which is many people's game of the year. Exactly. I still need to go back to it and finish that story. Next troll says, RIP Sony, Microsoft finally spending money now. I mean, if anything, it just shows that, um, and it's a weird thing to say, that they're serious. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird thing to say that, but as far as, um, they needed like they needed something, they needed a splash is what I'll say. Um, they promised all these studios, but as we know, those studios have made some good games, but they don't make the games that have made the big splash that I'll say that, yeah, like the Sony exclusive studios have made. And then so pulling in Bethesda and some of the cachet, some of the, the notoriety that they bring behind them, um, it, it's a huge win as far as headlines go. Obviously, we don't know what it'll turn into, how it'll play out, but as far as just a big win headline-wise to build consumer confidence <laughs> for people that were... Um, that were on the fence of getting a series X Well, now at least they know that they're that they know that Microsoft is actually investing in its own company and in the future of the company. Investing in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And it's like, yes, this is a big deal and it, it correlates to your point. Like it shows that they're, they're serious now because it isn't like they're doing this, to separate themselves from where they are with Sony, they're doing this to catch up to Sony, which is why it's also kind of ridiculous when people are like, what's Sony going to do now? So they don't have to do anything. They're do- they did everything they needed to do, and they're at a different point in their evolution. Like Microsoft is still trying to figure out what their voice and their representation is. And this is a huge step. Well, their voice is direction. Their voice is Game Pass, and now they now they just need something that will be a huge splash on Game Pass, like a basically a a system seller in a way. And so, with that, it just this gives them now a little more positivity behind that. Speaking of positivity, the next troll says, "I'd be cool with this." If Microsoft didn't have a history of either dissolving their companies or devolving them into an unrecognizable state. (laughs) Yeah. So, and that's another angle that I'm not hearing too much in the conversation about this acquisition. Like for the longest time, Microsoft was notorious for studios not flourishing under their banner. I Bungie, got tired of being just the Halo company, bought their freedom back, let Microsoft keep Halo and bounce. Now they're the Destiny guys. (laughs) So, yeah, it's now they get Bethesda and it's all sunshines and rainbows. It's like, um, first of all, y'all hate Bethesda. Second of all, I thought people hated Microsoft too. Now it's a good thing. Well, it's, it's, I guess two wrongs make a right. Well, it's also it's like they hate Bethesda and yet those games sell. They hate EA Play. Microsoft announces EA Play will now be a part of just Game Pass. And then we see on NPD Madden, the best-selling game. Uh, UFC 4, the second best-selling game. <laughs> so like it's like you can shit on those companies as much as you want, but 
people buy their games. And so if those people then jump into that subscription service to get those games, that's all that really matters to Microsoft at this point. Like at this point, Microsoft is like an Activision and an Ubisoft away from having the infinity gauntlet of most hated gaming companies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> snapping on them. Snapping on them. Snap, snapping on them. <laughs> Sorry. Next show says LMFAO RIP SONY. And then the last show says, Yes, no more Bethesda E3 conferences, finally. Yeah, it would just be now swallowed into <laughs> Microsoft's conference. <laughs> I'm so glad this conference that I don't have to watch no longer happens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, dude, what were you doing on the internet that got hijacked by the conference? <laughs> what I like is this like whole RIP thing. Like, as I was like getting back to my point that I was making earlier, it's this idea that only one can rule them all when you see that these games like payday like it's like they're on payday eight now like who yeah. keeps buying these games it's like because everybody assumes that gamers only play one game and that's all that they have the money for and so you gotta you gotta put out that game and you just realize oh no there's the industry is so huge the uh, consumer base is so huge that you don't need um, you don't need 80% of the market share. You just get these little pockets and slowly just get them over to your console. Get them over, pull them and pull that guy in, pull this person in. Oh, you like these style of games? Well, we got that for you. Oh, you like that style of games? Well, we got that too. Like, like you just handed it out like you're the fixer. And mm-hmm. so like, it's not about just getting the game that everybody buys. It's getting games that people will buy. And so you're just trying and to- people market. will play. Yeah, exactly. And so that's all that matters to them. Um, and so, yeah, like it's this, and this idea that because Microsoft has any success that Sony's done, it's like, yeah, as you were mentioning, Sony is fine. Like there's nothing that Sony needs to worry about. And by the way, Nintendo's also fine. Yeah. Um, so they're not. Nintendo, like, Nintendo ain't been worried in like a decade. Yeah. Like when, when have we heard that because Coke is doing so well that Pepsi is about to go out of business, Pepsi is doing perfectly fine being in the number two spot. Like they, they have no worries about trying to surpass Coke. They'll every now and then they'll try to put out some shit that might come up on Coke, but it's not about beating them. It's about just making more money. How come nobody ever asks how Nintendo is doing as a result of these these purchases? I know, exactly. When is Nintendo going to purchase some studio? I know, is, is Switch RIP now? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hit the message boards with that one. <laughs> but yeah, that's enough of these trolls. They don't get it. They don't deserve it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a great week of uh, just a lot of like... Um, a lot of people being upset. A lot of uh, a lot of I so told you, upset. A lot of I told you so's. A mm-hmm. lot of <laughs> a lot of I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> There's just a lot of a lot of like anger that was just waiting in the wing, and then just all just came out like, just we need something. We need we need a win, and then you get it, and it's now fuck everybody. <laughs> yeah, man. Ever since these dudes have been talking about Microsoft, they have all the money. They can buy whatever they want, and then it it finally happens that one time where they spend a huge sum of money to yeah. get something. It's like, yep, this was it. Yeah, and I this mean, is yeah. this is what the the Xbox One launch and the 
the red ring of death on 360, this is what it was all building toward. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, it's crackdown three. You could just be happy. And as I say, like for me, it just now makes Xbox a, a, a greater option as far as like a second console to pick up. It was yeah. the Switch. It was like, I, I was kind of like, ah, like the Switch looks dope. But then you see Mario Odyssey, you see Breath of the Wild, and you're like, all right, well, now I have games that I need to get on the Switch. And with, with Game Pass being a possibility, what's great about this is if it's, if it's affordable, you could just be like, all right, just get a console, pay Game Pass, get, pay for Game Pass, and then I can play this game. And then like, if you're done with it, then you stop paying for Game Pass. Or you just keep paying for it, but you're not dropping $60 every month on this console. So it's, um, the value actually makes it more of an option as far as like having another console, I think. If these are all $70 games that I had to buy separately, then it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But the, the fact that it's under the backdrop of Game Pass, uh, it, it makes it all more of a possibility. And uh, as I was mentioning to one of the homies, Don, it's just like competition is always better for the industry because mm-hmm. now Sony just, if anything, it's not that Sony has to answer it, but like they do have to consider like, all right, like where can we, um, what can we do to then create like to entice more gamers? What can we do to create a little more value over here with maybe PS plus? Um, and so, yeah, it's like, they're pushing each other and that's always a good thing. Oh yeah. And there's, there are people now having the worry that, Oh, everybody's just going to buy everybody. It's going to be a monopoly. Microsoft buy whatever they want. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we'll see if that happens. If anything, like, uh, I don't know. We'll see how that all plays out because it's like we saw with Sony, they had last gen or this current generation. It was all about, the, the third party deals and even if there were timed exclusives uh like just getting the strikes on what is it on uh i was gonna say divinity on um on destiny uh that was just for some people that made destiny then i have to get it on ps4 because i want to get i don't want to pay the same price for a game and get one less strike and so it's you're always trying to scoop up some form of content. And so like people getting upset about that stuff, it's what it's always been. It's people were upset about Spider-Man at one point being an exclusive on Avengers. Avengers came out and nobody's really talked about it. So I don't think people are really that upset about it anymore as they were when it was actually announced. (laughs) Oh, I mean, somebody might bring it out in an odd exchange. Like, oh, well, well, you get mad at Microsoft for getting Bethesda, but Sony locked up Spider-Man on Avengers. It's like, dude, th- those are in no universe the same kind of thing. <laughs> a character for a multi-platform game versus a multi-platform family of studios getting swallowed up. Yeah, but it's like, it's the name of the game though, is you are locking up content. Sony mm-hmm. does it. They pick up Insomniac. Um, Microsoft just did it by picking up a bunch of other studios, but then now just picking up uh, everything under the Zenimax umbrella. So it's like, they're all going to be scooping up content. So this is going to happen regardless. It's just, uh, I don't think it's going to be in a way that people think it, it's going to play out where it's like, well, now Sony gets EA. And then like, Microsoft <laughs> is like, well, now we got to get Activision. And then Sony's like, well, we got to get Nintendo now. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what if, it's not what if Sony did buy Nintendo? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy. 
I will say, but yeah, but it's like I think I think people it highlights how people really don't understand how large the gaming industry is and how many hundreds, if not thousands, of game developers that there are out there. You're never going to be able to buy up the entire industry because, for one, that requires people to want to be sold. That's that's, that's not going to happen everywhere. Like, but Microsoft didn't just come in and throw a bunch of money on Bethesda's table. We own you now. It was they had a deal. Like Bethesda wanted to be sold. Zenimax wanted to be sold, and that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, you don't get sold. (laughs) You don't sell yourself unless you want to be bought. (laughs) Um, We run the show now. Yeah, (laughs) you all fight. See, yeah, and if bring my brother in, he'll run the place real nice. And yeah, if anything, like as we were saying, it's like when Insomniac got picked up by Sony. a lot of the discussion was around the fact that it actually just makes the job easier for that company because now they don't have to worry about where the money's coming from. They have the backer, the financial backer. Um, and with that, it's Sony for Insomniac and for Bethesda now, it's Microsoft. And so like, yeah, you can see certain things like where unless Microsoft decides to go full evil and get greedy, like now Bethesda doesn't have to worry wor- really worry about monetization and things along those lines they can just focus on making games unless they're directed to in that way um and so yeah and like, speaking of direction it's they also broke with the headline that bethesda will remain semi-independent from microsoft so it seems like todd howard's still going to be running most of the show over there yeah um so they'll be able to do what they do best um so yeah it's like it's you can point to all these things that are potentially doom and gloom, but if anything, uh, it makes it easier on the developer and people are always trying to be pro developer. So why not be pro people making money who make games that you like? (laughs) Cause I'm sure Todd Howard and a lot of those dudes made a ton of money off of this deal. (laughs) Oh, Todd Howard's about to buy so many leather jackets. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, get he's off just, of He's yeah. going to have custom-made leather jackets <laughs> for the rest of his life. I mean, how smug is he going to be at every conference? Now? I, I want to, like, have lunch with Todd Howard and just pick his brain about shit. Because yeah. <laughs> he seems like a cool dude. Like, I think that he would have been a cool educator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would have been that cool teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the one that everybody wanted. <laughs> the computer science teacher who's just like, I just get it when he says it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get off of this topic, um, and we'll get into A-Dub. Actually, you can take the next one. So uh, what you got for us from No Man's Sky? We got some news. Yes. We got some content. Yes. It is significant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so this was a, a timed exclusive on PlayStation. <laughs> that was anti-consumer for a while. <laughs> uh, how dare they release a broken game and then fix it later? <laughs> Several times over. <laughs> so, uh, Hello Games, Sean Murray, they put out a cryptic tweet about a week ago, about saying, week ago? "Yeah, about a week ago, saying that you know, it, or maybe even earlier, where they were saying." that something big is coming. They have their next big like update for no man's sky. So fast forward, we get into the week and they reveal it's called no man's sky origins. And normally when they reveal stuff, they give you an idea of what it's going to be this time. They didn't give us much of any 
indication whatsoever except for a screenshot or not a screenshot but like some artwork that shows three explorers next to each other uh there's some nods to their other previous updates to the system like the li the living ships there's one flying around near the logo but there were some things that only make sense now where they didn't make sense when this image was released but it's got like even more alien types of of plant life it's got more like smaller types of plant life, different types of animals and things like that. Uh, in fact, now looking at this artwork, I can see a giant sandworm plunging into the ground in the background. So uh, there's different landscapes, all kinds of stuff. It's awesome. We get to the update, which now brings the game to version 3.0. Mm. So it's basically No Man's Sky 3, mm. but yeah. No Man's Sky Origins, what it does is it dramatically expands the universe of No Man's Sky. You can explore a stranger, richer, and more varied universe with deeper planetary diversity, dramatic new terrain, a host of new creatures, new weather conditions, colossal buildings, and much more. I feel Our like, journey continues. I feel like that description doesn't even sell what they actually put in this game. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Not in the slightest. And I like their succinct choice of words to convey what it does without giving away what it really does. So let's just get into some of the hits. I'm going down the patch notes section of the No Man's Sky website where they give you more of a summarized, more well-presented version of the information before giving you like the technical bits, which we're not going to go into on today's show, we'll just give you the hits. Uh, first and foremost, new planets. So existing solar systems have birthed new planets, creating millions of untouched new worlds to explore. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Secondly, binary and ternary stars. Some rare systems are now home to multiple stars, creating stunning new patterns in the sky. Uh, case in point, I fired up this update earlier this week, just to get an idea of what was going on. Uh, first and foremost, I did not recognize the planet I was on. There was just not only all different kinds of plants that I hadn't seen before, but there was more of them. There were more critters running around in, in big herds. And then I was like, I'm out of here. I get in my ship. I hop out on I want to try out a new solar system, get an idea of what's going on. As soon as I break through the atmosphere and like pan to the horizon of the planet, I'm in a three-star system. It's got a red star, it's got a blue star, it's got a yellow star. I jump to a new star system, I find a bountiful planet, I land on that. Uh, immediately I'm seeing more level of detail on the ground, less pop-in playing on a PS4 Pro. So that's helping bring the illusion of life. I set the ship down and it is just covered in, it's like lush green grass. And it's got these trees with like hexagonal shapes in them. There's all kinds of different plants and rocks all over the ground jutting from the surface of the planet. It, it looks way more alive with more diversity that makes it all even more believable as a sci-fi location. So I'm there, I'm exploring, doing my thing. There's super hot rain. It gets super hot now. Your jetpack's more efficient. I'm flying around in my leisure like, what? This is crazy. Night falls. 
as soon as the darkness sweeps over the landscape, all the plant life begins to pulsate with bioluminescent light. And it's just this wave of light that rolls over the landscape. It, like, like the planet is breathing or, or something like that. It's, it's like, I'm, am I an avatar? <laughs> basically, I mean, I wish I had streamed it for your viewing pleasure because oh, I'm probably still there. Is that, is that unatanium? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. It's, it's, it's incredible. That, that's all I got to say. Like, it is significantly different. They've increased level of detail. The, the, the features of the landscape are just more striking and more exotic than ever. Like the one thing that if I were to break down the impact of this patch on the game, I would say that it, it more strongly brings to life the statement that Sean made about wanting the game to be like an interactive sci-fi novel because these worlds are for lack of a better term, otherworldly. Uh, next hit on the list is dramatic landscapes. So these new worlds have vast sweeping terrain. Their mountains and vistas are on a colossal new scale, giving shape to more dramatic, awe-inspiring scenery than ever before. While flora and fauna and atmospheric conditions have changed throughout the universe, existing worlds will retain their old character, allowing player bases to remain undisturbed. So that's been an issue with patches in the past that have changed like the algorithm or the kind of content that's in the game where it'll change the landscape right underneath somebody's base. And it looks like they figured out a way to be able to add new content and change the formula without messing up people's establishments. That's awesome. It just shows you that No Man's Sky developer Hello Games is getting better as a developer as well as a creator. They've also improved the user interface. There's other quality of life things. I mean, it's just an ongoing evolution of the improvements to the kind of presentation that they wrap all of this in. And it's making it a much more cohesive and immersive experience overall from the moment that the title screen comes up to the moment that you're just materializing on a planet. Uh, it's got richer diversity. New life has been breathed into every planet in the universe. A huge range of never-before-seen planetary flora and curiosities have poured into the galaxy. Countless strange new combinations are out there awaiting discovery. And you should do yourself a favor. Go to nomansky.com. Look over these sections and look at these screenshots because it's you're, you know you're looking at No Man's Sky, but what you're looking at, it... It looks like it's 3.0. It looks like it's a whole new game. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like, I'd love to just see a side-by-side comparison of what the planets look like, like the same type of planets, like whether it's like the ice planet or whatever, alongside how it looked at launch and then how it looks now. Because I imagine it's like two different, completely two different games at this point. Wow, I need to go. I'm in a system with an ice planet. I think that's the first thing I'm going to go look at. Because ice planets, like they... They were ice planets, so what you'd expect. I mean, there may be trees and the occasional plants, mostly rocks, cobalt, copper. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what their services and landscapes look like now because the game also introduces like more varied terrain on any individual planet. So it's not just like 
everything here is grass. Everything here is ice. Everything here is dirt. <laughs> it's going to be a mixture. That's going to be a fun experiment to do once the show is finite. But moving right along on these hits, alien fauna. So discover strange new species of fauna. This alien wildlife can be encountered roaming the terrain, rolling along it, or even burrowing through it. And all may be harvested for edible produce. It's got some hard-shelled critters. It look like they're digging into the dirt here. Ooh, that's a weird looking. Yeah, we saw in the uh, the patch notes that it said even like some plants would just have a more aggressive version of that alien fauna, and so it's like literally taking over the planet. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it'd be the, the infestations. See, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Like it, it's just a bunch of like Seymours <laughs> coming after <laughs> you, <laughs> Marlboros. <laughs> Next hit, cloud and weather variety. So cloud rendering quality yes. has been significantly improved and the range of cloud cover has been expanded, creating more variety between clear skies and overcast planets. Yeah, it's the skyboxes are looking even more picturesque than ever. And the the clouds the clouds are almost interactive in a way because they they're starting to feel like they take up the space that they occupy instead of just being like an image that dissipates as you get close to it. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, see cloud coverage and color now varies over time and the clouds seen from space now match the current atmospheric conditions of the planet. Bringing it to life, dog. Bringing it to life. Yes. Uh, when you said weather patterns, is that when they got into the different weather occurrences, or is that still coming? It's coming. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's coming. They're talking about marshes, where it says a number of fertile worlds have formed swamps and marshes thick with mist and luminous fungal growths. Who knows? Maybe I'm on one of those. Increased color variety. The palette of colors for planetary generation has been increased, creating more possible variations than ever before. Oh, yeah. Judging by those screenshots, that's awesome. Uh, improved the teleporters, which I'm happy about because the way they were was not cracking. Uh, now they're they're divided up in a more intuitive manner. Like on the screen they're showing, it, it has a, a sidebar that has a category for all your bases, space stations, other bases, and a group tab. And within those, there are screenshots of the locations contained within that category. And they have icons denoting what's on there or where you're going to go within it, like whether you're going to go to your base, or whether you're going to go to the space station. So that's much more useful than the just, it was like a raw list that wasn't really specified in any particular way on the teleporter, other than it'll have a base icon next to it if it has a base. However, you need to remember where the specific base that you like the most is, or else you're not going to be able to find it. Yeah, they fixed it. It's good stuff. Uh, photo mode has new filters and controls. Uh, there's colossal archive buildings where enormous buildings have risen on planetary horizons, creating new hubs of alien life. These huge vaults are repositories of data, treasure, and directions to long-forgotten ruins. Uh, historical stories? You can visit the colossal archive buildings to uncover new cultural and literary histories hidden by ancient aliens. Infestations, where you have a number of planets that have become infested with anomalous life forms and vegetative growth. They take extreme caution when you explore. 
<laughs> there's new lighting conditions. There's anomalous buildings. I mean, I'm just going down the list. Volcanoes, tectonic disruption has stimulated the molten cores of some planets, giving rise to active volcanic mountains. Planets that are superheated will catch fire occasionally. No, there's storm gameplay effects. So where it says advancements in the exosuit multi-tool tech enable beneficial effects from storms. Blizzards allow you to mine for longer with, with a cooled mining beam. You can sprint further in toxic storms with assistance from exosuit gas processing technology. It's basically an exhaust system. <laughs> exhaust rockets. Uh, Benefit from increased jetpack efficiency in superheated atmospheres and mine additional substances during times of high radioactivity. Uh, there's new items and things to craft, enhanced terrain detail, enhanced planet quality settings, exploration guide improvements, portal interface has been lifted. There's meteor showers now. <laughs> I'm just digging it. Gravitational anomalies, lightning, tornadoes, planetary NPC encounters. I, AMC, I, I can't go down the rest of this list. It's just so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, it's life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in insane. You, what I love about it is, uh, I think you put it right. It's, it's diversity. Um, the philosophy behind this game is like a sci-fi epic and based off of like with the with the foundation off of this procedurally generated uh universe and <clears throat> like something with that it's all about assets and so i i when the first game when the game first released it was kind of like okay i i kind of get what's going on here but some of the planets are a little samey yada yada, yada. Uh, it's just a like, palace swamp yeah like there's life here but like i like it's kind of like the life or is like the animal and like every now and then like the plant that decides to like just whip you and uh the, uh, <laughs> the sentinels but like um you know, it's kind of similar and so over the years they've just been creating more and more assets and more and more diversity randomness of like that is possible that are possible for each planet and so it with that like yeah it's adding new threats but just also just different combinations greater combinations uh the possibilities now are endless and so uh what i love about this is that they're just trying to provide as many possible experiences and um with this 3.0 expansion it seems like they've taken it to the place that it's beyond now what they promised because i felt like when once they gave us the the true multiplayer where you could see everybody you weren't you weren't just glowing orbs yeah. um you could see the other people you could see yourself in third person at that point i was like all right this is the game that like they said that they wanted to make at start they got mm -hmm. here and now 3.0 just seems like now this is the beyond for me where i'm like this is like some other shit that i wasn't even now expecting like i'm seeing tornadoes <laughs> asteroids like it's like, like it, it's like just chaos. this whole universe is coming to life in real time it's yeah. wild. It's, there's always a reason to jump back in this game. Like it seems I'll like every time. Some... Sorry, sorry. One last thing. It's like it seems I, like I, every I, time you do one of these announcements, it's like, oh, I, I, I could now see a dub restarting this game again. Now, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not restarting. That's I, know. <laughs> I mean, just more reasons to come back. Wild robots, improved creature behaviors, sandworms. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, Beetlejuice's most hated foe, the sandworm, has now made its way into uh, No Man's Sky, and they are humongous. They are, they are like, uh, was it like the um, 
the summons in Final Fantasy, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> they're ridiculous. I don't know who summoned these things. Or maybe this is where they go when they're not summoned. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's insane. So I'm looking forward to poking and priming at that. And yeah, man. No Man's Sky, it just keeps getting better. I'm just hoping like one day they send out an update that just overhauls the controls and the physics to make things like fall and have gravity and and make your character move like more tightly get it like make it move more like a third person a proper third person game it's a little floaty like i like what they did i love the game but i would like to see it like reach that level of quality that most games have at this point yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see if they have plans for next gen, and if even they would consider doing just a next gen version of the game that fully takes advantage of the next gen hardware, while um, I guess not being tethered to the previous gen. Um, we'll see if they do anything. So far, they've been very pro consumer, I will say, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will, um, in making and why just putting this now on it's on multiple consoles and having multiplayer um was i believe cross-platform multiplayer and also being able to um having all these updates for free uh they've been very pro-consumer with how they've treated a lot of their updates so who knows if they would even want to break up their community in that way but um yeah it's they seem to just continue to take this game to greater heights so who knows like what they actually have planned moving forward like, like if they could have the 3D controls of Dead Space with like the ship combat controls of Everspace or or Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, I think that would be the proper form of this game. And then let you let you shoot an NPC, <laughs> <laughs> shoot him in his in his stupid face. No, <laughs> yeah, man, but. Sean Murray, Hello Games, continuing to knock it out the park with No Man's Sky. Uh, thank you for all your hard work and dedication. I need to go back and finish The Last Campfire at some point, but I think I'm going to be playing a little more No Man's Sky before then. I think this one might have earned them another billboard. Maybe they, maybe they should just get two billboards now. <laughs> maybe they should just own that space to put up whatever they want now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh right. mercy! You got any other topics? Little. Right. Topic? We have we have one we have one that was uh it was, it was buried, if you will. <laughs> um, buried under all that that Bethesda dig. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. Uh, yeah, the Bethesda dig. Um, yeah, it's interesting how you look at something like this and you have a big Microsoft announcement, which is huge news. And people look at that as like Sony's Sony's hurting now or whatever. And so you would think then that you just avoid any type of negativity, but instead Sony was like, actually let's just inflict a, a smaller wound. <laughs> if, we're, if I'm already getting surgery, why not get this other surgery done at the same time and then uh, get this taken care of while people are focused on the greater thing. Yeah, you're going to put it. me under? Well, then let's, uh, let's get a list. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so while getting, uh, what do you say, getting an enhancement, they uh, decided to hurt themselves. So, Spider-Man, it was announced by Kutaku. Spider-Man on the PS4 will not be receiving PS5 upgrades. Oh, my God. So this coming directly from Sony now. 
Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is an enhanced version of Marvel Spider-Man and is in, in is in, in and is included as part of Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition for the PlayStation 5. In addition, players who purchase Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales on PlayStation 4 can upgrade at no additional cost to the PlayStation 5 version of Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales and take advantage of a paid upgrade to download Marvel Spider-Man Remastered. So everything sounds great so far here, A-Dub. But here's where it, here's where it gets interesting. There are no plans currently to offer Marvel Spider-Man Remastered as a standalone. Players with a copy of Marvel Spider-Man for PS4 can purchase Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition to experience Marvel Spider-Man Remastered on PS5. Marvel mm-hmm. Spider-Man on 4 PS4 also will be backwards compatible on the PS5. So mm-hmm. there's two things going on here is... Mm-hmm. So Marvel's Spider-Man on the PS4, there's a lot of words there. Marvel's Spider-Man on the PS4 will, will not have PlayStation 5 upgrades. Okay. Um, that sucks. T- yeah. Then on top of that, if you want the basically PS5 version of Marvel's Spider-Man, then you have to buy the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. <laughs> So you know, it's we already we already gave five hundred five all the shit in the world for what they're doing with control. So this doesn't this doesn't sting as much. However, in that same breath, I will say the part of it that's more that's most disappointing isn't the isn't the PS four part not getting the upgrades. It would be that the remaster is not even being sold separately. <laughs> Like you have to buy two games <laughs> to get the one game. Yeah, it's like if you want the remastered, then you have to basically pay seventy bucks, or you could just get Miles Morales Spider Man. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's uh it's funny that like it got buried because this was this easily would have been troll of the week any other week. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, what nobody talking about? Yeah, I mean, like as you said, like you kind of. You you came hard at remedy. You said you had some choice words with uh, never one never again day one day wanting one of their games. Uh, how 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 are you taking this one? Well, I mean, does it lighten the blow maybe of uh, of what they announced with uh, what what remedy had announced, or at least their actions that they took? Does it lighten that blow, or do you still hold them in the same light? It's just, it's like they were first and it was so weird of a move that it was like, oh, this sucks. Like, uh, I'm sitting here excited to play an upgraded control and you're telling me that I can't do that unless I buy it. The reason why this one stings less is because you're buying Miles and it comes with Spider-Man PS4. Like, you're, uh, well, the PS4 Spider-Man, but upgraded. It's like control. It's like you have to you have to buy control again. It's it's just a little it's just a little unparalleled in that regard. Where it's like at least they're not they're not outright selling me the same game twice to get the upgrades. It's I'm getting a game that I want anyway, and it comes with the version of a game I already have in a enhanced form. Now. I will say this. I totally agree. Uh, as far like as if, it's, if, it's a light, if Control was like an Alan Wake remaster or something, or maybe, or like even if it was like a Control spinoff, maybe 
<laughs> I want to make it okay in some sense. But yeah, so at the same time, okay, it's just like if they just did something different with control where it wasn't just, all right, the ultimate edition and that's the only one getting upgrades, then it would have been more acceptable. Like this is, this still stings a little bit, but less so because at least you're getting Miles Morales. So here's my thing. I, I, as I'm in your camp in, in that it doesn't really sting for me. I was actually at the camp that when they had that whole announcement of how they were treating, uh, how Remedy was going to basically handle control, I was just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, you bought it. <laughs> and then like, yeah, so I was, I was very much on the camp that was like, people are upset. I don't understand what they're upset. Like, I get why they're upset, especially because you're upset. So as I mentioned in that episode, I was like, if any dev's upset, I'm going to listen. But <laughs> at the same time, it, like, it wasn't that big of a deal for me, but also I don't own control. Mm-hmm. Um, I do own Spider-Man. And what I will say about this is still not a big deal for me. I will say what does make it kind of shitty is that this is a first party game. And so, like, like with like the whole thing with like smart delivery, at least is like Microsoft was just like, we know we guarantee that our first party games are taken care of as far as that upgrade to next gen. Uh, third party, we'll we'll see if people will sign on, and that's when your boys, the heroes from CD Projekt Red, are like, we're we're all part of smart delivery. We're doing it, <laughs> yeah. And so, a part like a part of me does think that it is kind of shitty that you're not taking care of your fir- your own first party game <laughs> like to to do yeah. that free upgrade so that's where i i would think if anything it would be worse cuz control is a third party game so technically they have the right to do whatever the hell they want with it yeah um, i hadn't even considered it from that angle it's, yeah i was thinking about it i just didn't know how to put it into words like, i was looking at it from the angle where it's it's kind of it's almost indicative of what the upgrade policy must be at the highest level if Sony themselves couldn't even find a way to do it. And I just completely forgotten about the reality that Microsoft did it. So either they have different policies on how they handle upgrades or just Sony is trying to get that, that extra Spider-Man dollar. And yeah. And what I will say with this is that it just shows that, They've already uh, shown that they set an example that they are going to treat franchises differently. And so with that, like when they had the whole thing with cross-gen and I heard people made the point, like it makes sense. Spider-Man is going to be a cross-gen game this holiday because you're just hurting the uh, the dollar amount that you can make for the game by making it a PlayStation Five exclusive. That means anybody on like you have 120 million, well, 120 million, right? Or 100 at least 100 million PS4s out there. Yeah, you have at least 100 million PS4s out there in the wild. That's an entire base of people that can't buy Miles Morales if you were to make that a PlayStation Five exclusive. And so it just shows that there are certain games that they're going to treat differently and. Spider-Man, I think, just has that type of influence where this one doesn't really make sense, though. But as you're saying, it maybe that just shows that Spider-Man, it is about the money. And maybe the fact that I guess they are paying a licensing fee for Spider-Man, who knows, because they seem to have locked him down as a console-exclusive character with the fact that they have him exclusively on the Avengers. Uh, maybe this just, in a way, <laughs> uh, helps pay for that licensing fee of Spider-Man. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, it shows that they are definitely treating him differently than they are treating uh, at least some of the other people in that PlayStation lineup. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just something to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. 
Um, it's whatever. It'll still be backward compatible. Yeah. And just like control. It's one of those things that like, once again, if other people, if you come with that bullshit, then you have to kind of hold yourself accountable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You can't, you can't treat di- companies differently. Like, Oh, well they did it. So fuck them. But, uh, you know, I'm a fanboy here. So yeah. this one's okay. Like this one's okay. I'm going to justify the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's like, once again, it's one of those things like you kind of just have to put yourself in check and know that like just, they're going to treat games differently. There's nothing you can do about it. There's like, some companies can mandate this is our philosophy for every game that we make, but like it doesn't always hold true at least. Um, and we're seeing that with Spider-Man. So, yeah. Uh, well, that's all I got. There was that whole Konami thing. Who cares? Um, the whole Konami <laughs> thing that could have been a thing, but it ended up not being a thing. Uh, yeah. Basically there was some Konami talk going around. There was a the thought that maybe, maybe they were selling Metal Gear to Sony <laughs> because you know Sony got to buy everything now. Uh, there was talk about there being a Metal Gear Solid remake with remasters of two and three and four, I believe. Uh, ended up being that Konami's putting Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania, and Contra games on GOG. Yeah, <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> you can get your DR, DRM free version of a uh, Metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. People are always speculating, like, Sony buying the rights to Metal Gear. Maybe it'll it'll happen one day. Who knows? But it's just funny. Whenever there is any type of news surrounding it, it suddenly always just boils down to, is Sony getting it? (laughs) I love how Konami has consistently made just the laziest, most effortless moves to show that, like, Hey, we're trying to make money off of gaming, but we're not into gaming. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you, you have <laughs> Castlevania. You have so many great, like you have a lot of uh, franchises that you could do something with, even just license them out to somebody else to do something with. And they just choose to like dick around with it. <laughs> and dude, they have Metal Gear 5 and the Fox Engine. What do they do? They license, they license it out to some, or they put it on one of their little studios to put out metal gear survive where it's just metal gear solid five Fortnite <laughs> with zombie, zombies <laughs> put a fence up put a barrier up get a spear <laughs> make people angry <laughs> then what else did they do other they did like some pachinko machines or something or and then they do this move where it's like we're not even going to improve the games we're just going to put them on a platform that they're not currently on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to try to make us some more money for these games? Here, take them. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically. They just, like, that's, when people say developers are lazy, like, that's lazy. That's a lazy, greedy publisher. Yeah, yeah that is an absolutely lazy, greedy publisher. It's, we don't give any fucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, I don't know if at this point if they're still just trying to fuck with, like, Kojima, like, ah, oh, we got your girl over here. <laughs> Let the, homie, her, let the homie get a turn. Just have her, yeah, have her turn in, <laughs> have her turn in tricks. Like, yeah, we got your girl out here. All out here. Uh, I don't know what's going on with what they what they do with Snake. It's it's unfortunate. It's sad. <laughs> but uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe next gen Konami just comes out of nowhere. If if we've learned anything, people can write the ship and as much as game gamers remember 
there's always a new crop of people that don't give a fuck who will show up and buy whatever new great thing you have. And so all they have to do is license out Castlevania to the right developer, come out with the, the greatest Castlevania game ever made, yeah, and then people me. will forget all about their, them trying to give Kojima, uh, was it a, a corner office staring out into nothingness? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the abyss where he draws his ideas from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all I got. We got we got a full episode. And, um, Absolutely. You um, have any final words? I have squeezed the last drop of news that I can offer this week. I'm anxious to get back into some Rebel Galaxy. Stop by the office, pick up my personal effects, <laughs> yes. come back home and get some neat. Hell yeah! Well, this is control issues. I am the AMC, and this is a We are control issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers! Suckers!